Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond ah so i'm getting a little tongue-tied as we try to start the show tonight so hopefully that won't uh keep going <laughs> it happens to the best of us from time to time i'm getting used to doing the live show again so uh, we're back on twitch so if you like watching us on twitch we are back baby Back and roll. We've already have uh, turn up the bacon has joined us in the chat room. Awesome! One of my favorite usernames, by the way. <laughs> he actually helped me get OBS uh, up and running a few weeks ago. Then oh uh, sweet, had to do a little tweaking this last weekend to get it to work again. Because for some reason it doesn't get along with uh, the IO the operating system for my computer. He also says, I love how you mix in the audio tracks in real time. That's one of my favorite things about the show, too. The little sound bites yeah. you use. It, it's, it's pretty awesome. I like it, too. Monkey! <laughs> like that. <laughs> so how has your week been, my friend? Well, uh, wrapped up another home series. And as of this recording, there are 10, mm. count them, 10 games left. Nice. August 20, let me pull up a calendar just so I don't get the date wrong, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's the 27th is the last game of the season, so. Awesome. Uh, excited for that. Uh, actually have, we're recording this on Tuesday night. I don't go back, well, I shouldn't say don't go back to work, but we won't have another series of games until a week from tonight, so. Wow. Get the rest of the week to have a normal uh, nine to five schedule I actually took tomorrow off just to kind of recharge the batteries and do some things around the house that have needed doing for a while. Um, that sounds nice. Yeah. And then have the weekend off to, you know, kind of do whatever. So other than that, um, some potentially exciting news. Uh, I know you saw this cause I, I sent you the, the screen cap and also, um, I posted this on the Parker syndrome cast and crew page. But it's in the running to possibly get into its first film festival. That's awesome. So I submitted the film to several festivals, one being the Miami Independent Film Festival. And I got an email that said, this is an automated email to notify that your film has been accepted into the monthly edition of Mindy Miami Independent Film Festival. So basically how that works, at the end of the month, uh, jury will screen the film privately and they'll pick a monthly winner for each of their categories and then all monthly winners will be judged again in early 2020 and the winners from that group will then get into the film festival fantastic so it hasn't been accepted into it but it's a step closer one step which closer. is is pretty cool so worst case scenario if it doesn't get picked as the monthly winner it'll still be listed on their website as like a participant 
So yeah. it'll get a little bit of name recognition regardless, which... Wait. Wait till you, know, you start collecting uh, collecting laurels, then you'll become obsessed like I was. <laughs> oh, I'm already obsessed with wanting my first one. Yeah, you know that that's I want the first one and then more from there because looking through all the festivals on Film Freeway has become like crack to me. Mm-hmm. Like any downtime that I have, I'm looking. Okay, where can I submit it? But then, you know, it's not as expensive as I thought it would be. But I could see the more you submit the more it will add up. Yeah, then you start uh, looking at the free ones and uh, the $20 ones and all the really cheap festivals towards the end, just throwing it out there for everything. Yeah. So I know, I know, I know that obsession <laughs> all too well. Yeah, another thing I'm going to do is, I've been meaning to do this for the last week or so since the premiere, but I haven't had a chance to. But since I have the day off tomorrow, I'm going to put a little trailer together. Probably just like a 30 to 45 second one just to post, you know, hey, for those who weren't able to make the premiere, here's a trailer to give you a little bit of an insight on what the on what the film's about. That's cool. So just have a little bit more content out there. But yeah, other than that, we never got around to making a trailer for Monsters. That was one thing I regret not doing. I love trailers. Yeah, I love a good movie trailer. Other than that. um probably go see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood sometime this week. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I saw that the other night. Is it worth seeing? Yes, very much so. Oh, okay, <laughs> then I will definitely go check it out. But yeah, other than that, you know, gearing up for the return of uh, my solo podcast, which is now going to be uh, just under a month from now, which is pretty crazy to say. Awesome. Are you going to do so, it live? Other than that, I'm I've got an idea on to to do a live show. I haven't 100% decided yet, but I've reached out to the group that I would want to feature on it and they said they would be down for it. So, I'm more than likely going to do it. Like the official return date is September 5th, but I might do the live show and see if they want to do it like late afternoon the day before mm. and and then release the audio version the following day. Awesome. Oh, uh, I talked to LB at uh, the Wayward Kraken, which is our local nerd bar here in, Miss- in Biloxi, Mississippi, and uh, we're gonna do um, we're gonna set it up for, pro- for probably around sometime in October, November. But we're gonna do the live Nerd Cave Retro Show from the Wayward yes. Kraken, and uh, we were talking about maybe making it an all day affair, like during the day, do sort of like a uh, maybe like a retro gaming style like swap meet or something like that to where people could come mm-hmm. in and like trade and buy and do stuff like re- with all their retro gaming stuff. And then we do the show. And then afterwards that night we do, um, what is called drunk Mario Kart. Yes. <laughs> Just simply put. Yes. Yes. I saw what I told him. I was like, it sounds awesome. He said, the rules are you, you, you and whoever your opponent is, you sit down, you start the race, but, uh, and you have a full beer. And you have to finish that beer before the end of the race, but you can only drink it if you pull over to the side of the track and drink your beer. You can drink as oh, much as you great. want. Oh, that's great. You can't drink and drive. <laughs> so you have to pull over, finish your beer, but you have to finish the beer before the end of the race. Well, of course, you have to be safe about it. Well, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be drunk driving in Mario Kart. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not at all. No, that's that's awesome. So that's going to be I'm, coming I'm up. totally down for that. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, we need to get together and find out what exactly what day you would you, you would be available to, to come over and do that, and um, we'll get it all set up and good to go. Yeah, I mean, October should be pretty open. You know, it's baseball season will be over, so my schedule will be way more relaxed. So we'll we'll figure out a time. Awesome. Uh, Turn up the bacon says I also have, or he said, if you need, I'm a legally FAA certified drone pilot. Wow. <laughs> with a raw capture 4K drone, I would love to have one of those. Yeah. I also have the gear so you can live stream from any remote location in the USA. Let me know when, and I'll be there. We'll need him to do that. So uh, I'll keep him in mind for when this we. This guy's set got all up. the resources. I know. I love it. Good man to have in the corner. <laughs> right. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get into the news for this week. Let's do it. I heard about this late last week. Um, It's from Nintendolife.com. A a 1987 NES game just sold for $9,000 after sitting in an attic for 30 years. Um... Scott Amos of Reno, Nevada, recently found an old 1987 NES game in his attic after looking through his childhood possessions. The game in question was Kid Icarus, still in the bag it came in, with the receipt also correct and present. The receipt said that it was bought on December 1988 for $38.45, just over $80 today, according to an online inflation calculator, but had been completely forgotten about ever since. Amos says, all the family has been trying to come up with a hypothesis. My mom thinks she put it there and never got it back out, and then it ended up in the attic. It just so happens that Kid Icarus finds itself at the rare end of the scale for sealed NES games, resulting in something of a jackpot for Scott and his family. The game was put up for auction at Heritage Auctions, where it just sold for a mouth-watering $9,000. That's insane. It's a lot of money. For one game, yeah. So what Dude, do you I think wish happened? I had, I, do you, you think maybe his mom, uh, like, got it for him as like a, a Christmas present and put it in the attic and just sort of forgot about it? I think so. I've heard stories of that happening before. Oh, why can't that? I don't know what I would want more <laughs> to get nine grand for a video game or have the ability to spend nine grand on a video game. Yeah, I think I would rather have the ability to spend nine grand on a, a game. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I've always been envious about some people because I, several years ago, I remember going to a casino in Biloxi mm. and this guy just drops 500 bucks on a blackjack table. Nope. Puts it, like, pushes everything in, loses, and then he just is like, oh, whatever, and then gets up and walks away. Hmm, must be nice. Yeah. If I lost five hundred dollars at the casino, I would literally, I would probably slash my wrists in in the tub, like because that's like a lot of money to be losing. Yeah, like I cry when I lose like ten bucks at the casino. I can't imagine just dropping five hundred bucks like it was nothing. That's why I can't gamble. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, but no, that, that's awesome for him. You know, getting nine grand for. Something that he didn't even know he still had. I know. That's awesome. And how do you get your kid and spend, you know, what's roughly 80 bucks on a present and then forgetting about it? Like, how do you, how does that happen? 
I have no clue. <laughs> but like I said, I, I've heard stories of that happening before that, yeah. you know, a parent will get something for their kid for their birthday or for Christmas and they'll put it somewhere where they won't find it. Yeah. And then they forget about it. Oh, man. I wish I could come across some old unopened video games at my mom's house. That would be epic. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Wouldn't it? God. Man. <laughs> Let's see. Our next story comes to us from express.co.uk. Nintendo Switch free games boost. Switch fans can now download this eShop bonus. I actually haven't read this yet. Nintendo Switch free games list has been given a boost with a brand new title available to download from the eShop for nothing. It has a great selection of free games with titles like Fortnite, Warframe, and Paladins available to download for nothing. Let's see. Uh, superhero fans have been given a treat as DC Universe Online. The free-to-play MMO from Daybreak Games is out now on the Nintendo Switch. The massively multiplayer online game is the first and only MMO set within the DC Universe and features iconic characters like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman and features over 30 episodes set within huge open worlds. It's actually not bad, uh, not a bad game. I actually had this for the PS3 back in the day. And um, if you, especially if you were a fan of, cha um, not Champions, uh, City of Heroes, this is kind of like the closest analog you're going to get to that. So if you were a fan of City of Heroes and you missed that game, I would highly suggest going and, and downloading this game. I think I might actually download it too. It was pretty fun. At least I thought it was. I remember hearing a lot about it, but you know, I didn't have a PS3, so I never got the chance to play it. I don't know if it was a PlayStation exclusive, but yeah, I remember hearing a lot about it and just never, never really getting to play it. So yeah. it was might have bad. to do that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I would definitely recommend it. Um, like I said, I'm probably going to download it tonight because that, uh, that story just came out a little while ago. That's awesome. Uh, and for our last story tonight, uh, this is, where is this from? Oh, bleedingcool.com. Sega wants you to send them your Genesis story. Before Sega releases the Genesis Mini this fall, the company is looking for you, the fans, to tell them your Genesis story. Basically, if the Genesis in any way was a pitiful, pivotal part of your life, they would like to hear about it. Whether you saved up a ton of money to buy one or bonded with your friends over it, was there a particular game that got you through a hard time, or maybe was it just your favorite system of all time? They want to know by having you send them a video of your story, and they have the details of how to do that in the, uh, the article here. So if that's something that interests you, I'm not quite sure what this is for, Maybe some sort of, I don't know, sort of documentary or something. But this is actually kind of cool. If I had a good Genesis story, I would send one in. It says here, send your clip by August 13th for a chance to be included in our compilation video. Uh -huh, I'm cool. assuming that around the time that the Genesis Mini comes out, they're going to release like a retrospective of showing mm -hmm. the Genesis's impact on, oh, yeah. uh, on society. That makes sense. So that's pretty cool. If if I wanted to be a jerk, I would say my favorite Genesis moment was putting a Genesis game back on the shelf and getting a Super Nintendo one instead. Oh. <laughs> but I I won't do that. I'm not that mean. Oh man, that's brutal. No, I I like the Genesis. You know, the the Sonic games, the classic ones are some of my favorites. So yeah, 
And I, I'm, I'm actually going to go probably this weekend and go ahead and put my uh, go ahead and prepay for one. That way, I I know I'm going to get one as soon as it hits the store. Yeah, I need to do that too, because I'm really I'm actually really excited about it. Yeah, me too. Uh, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. On August 3rd of 1977, Tandy releases the TRS-80 Model 1. Let's take a look at this beauty here. Bulky keyboard. Uh, ooh. Actually, that's kind of nice looking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't hate that. I, I love the, the gray look to it. Yeah, me too. It's, it definitely has that 19... It Well, I mean, I know it was made in the 70s, but it definitely has like an 80s kind of uh i don't know like like an kind of reminds me of something that would be on like uh war games or something like if that you notice really tech. closely you can see the radio shack logo oh, on yeah. the corner of the monitor <laughs> ah, radio uh, shack. that's cool looking i like that yeah i like that very aesthetically pleasing yeah in August of 1979, Atari releases Lunar Lander, the first arcade version of a game concept created on mini computers 10 years earlier. I remember playing Lunar Lander when I was a kid. I know the name. Did but I? Yeah. never played it. I don't know if I played this maybe on the... Yeah, it must have been in the arcade when I played this. Because I think that's all it ever came out for. It seemed like the, it seems like I played this on something else, like like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred or something. But it doesn't doesn't say it came out for that. Interesting. Hmm. Weird. Let me get back here to our list so I can move on. Uh, also, in nineteen August of nineteen seventy nine, Automated Simulations releases Temple of Apshai. Apshai or Apshal? Apshai? <laughs> I would assume Apshai. <laughs> One of the first graphical role-playing games for home computers. It remains the best-selling computer RPG through to 1982. I have never heard of this game before in my life. I haven't either. I like the caption on the, the box art, though. Explore a world of monsters and magic, heroic adventure, a fantasy role-playing experience for you and your computer. I would have definitely, uh, that would have gotten me excited as a kid. Oh, absolutely. In August of 1986, Taito releases Bubble Bobble. Love me some Bubble Bobble. Oh, Bubble Bobble's great. I used to play that at the dentist's office when I was a yeah. kid. <laughs> that was one of the, actually, the, uh, one of the first games I got when I started collecting again. It was got me a copy of Bubble Bobble. Nice. Uh, let's no, see. you can you can kill a lot of time playing Bubble Bobble. Oh yeah, and then uh, Bust a Move the with the Bubble Bobble characters. Man, I yeah. love that game so much. The song's great too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also in 1986, on August 6, Nintendo releases Metroid by Makoto Kano, the first in the Metroid series. Uh, and if you would like to hear our review on Metroid, we did a whole Metroid month. Uh, was that mm -hmm. this year? We did that. January? Yeah, I want to say it was in January. Yeah, we did a whole Metroid month. So if you love Metroid, go back to uh, our shows in January. And we have about four or five of them in a row. We did an entire Metroid month. God, I love Metroid so much. Oh, it was great. 
Yeah, I'm excited to actually review, um, since we're going to start doing GameCube games, eventually I'm going to review Metroid Prime. Yes. Which is a really fantastic game. What are you doing, kitty? <laughs> He's under there killing stuff. <laughs> well, he hasn't made his cameo yet, no, so not he figured yet. that'll he'll, be a good time. Yeah, he'll jump up here in a second. On August 15th, 1986, Electronic Arts releases open-ended space exploration adventure game Starflight, which goes on to sell a million copies. Starflight. Do I remember this? I remember us talking about this. I never played this, though. Yeah, I didn't either. We definitely talked about it last year, though. I went back and started watching um, the video game years again on Amazon Prime, which, if you haven't seen that, excellent, excellent documentary series. Uh, on retro games and um, this is talking about Starflight came out for the Amiga uh, in 1989 and I still want to get my hands on an Amiga because they showed some of the gameplay for some of the Amiga games on there I can't believe the graphical quality that computer had back in the mid 80s I mean it's incredible yeah no absolutely uh, let's see, where are we at? Okay, uh, let's jump to 1990, shall we? In August, Pit Fighter from Atari Games introduces digitized sprites to arcade fighting games. Now, I loved this game in the uh, the arcade, but man, when it came to the home consoles, it was a giant stinking turd. What about it was a giant stinking turd? It was just awful. Like the the controls, like it was cool because it was kind of the precursor to uh, to Mortal Kombat because it used like digitized characters and stuff like that. And it was fun to play in the arcade, but man, when they moved it to uh, let's see, they put it out. Yeah, the Super Nintendo. That's where I played it. It's that is one broken game. Ugh. It's awful. I feel like the last few weeks we've talked about games that when they were ported from arcade to console, it just yeah. didn't pan out as well. No. I mean, That's Mortal Kombat made a great uh, transition from, yeah, you know, the, to the home console. And I don't, I don't understand why some of the other fighting games were just so bad. Like, we talked about this, and last week we talked about Rise of the Robots. And I remember how excited I was for that game because the promotional art for that game and the box art for that game is awesome but then you play it and that game is ugh, it is awful like one of the worst fighting games ever made it's Gross. terrible jumping ahead to 1994 on august 2nd shiny entertainment releases earthworm gem yeah Great game. Love really love hard, but a fun game. He needs to make a comeback. Earthworm Jim needs a comeback. Oh, and now would be a great time. I guarantee you that that would draw some attention if oh, Earthworm yeah. Jim came back. Man. I still uh, need to play the sequel because I yeah. want to review that at some point. You should. Uh, I'd love to hear your your take on the sequel because I, I, I never played the sequel. I just played the first one, but I, man, I remember how freaking hard that game was. Yeah. Uh, let's see, August 25th of 1994, SNK Playmore releases The King of Fighters. And let's see if I remember this game. Uh, of course, they don't have any. Uh, it was by Neo Geo. Well, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I do remember this game. It, it kind of looks a lot like um, like uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. 
Very Even one of the characters much. looks like Ryu. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like the same outfit and everything. Yep. Well, that was kind of the... I don't know if you'd call it the golden age, but it was definitely a time where a lot of fighting games were oh, yeah. becoming known, like Street Fighter, like Mortal Kombat. I remember there was even a Sonic fighter game in the arcades. I think it was called Sonic Fighters. I never played it, but it was. Um, it might have been on one of the compilations that they put out for the GameCube. Yeah, I, I just remember from like 94 to about 98, that's like all you had in the in the arcades was fighting games like Tekken and um oh, I forgot or some about of the Tekken. other big ones. Um God, I can't even think. Like I can picture the games, but I can't remember the names of them right now. Soul Calibur was a yes, fun one too. It. That might have been a little bit later, but Soul Calibur was fun. Yeah. I remember they did Soul Calibur two for like the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox generation. And they all had exclusive characters and you could play as Link in the GameCube. Uh, version what was the game that had all the big monsters in it like it wasn't um uh not soul caliber i'm trying to think killer instinct was another one that's it that's what i was trying to think okay killer instinct that was yeah because rare made that one yep that's one i want to review at some point as well because i i think i have it i found it for a good price somewhere but i just haven't sat down and played it because i haven't played it you know, since it was out for the SNES way back in the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> I it's remember that a was long a time. big release for the Super Nintendo back in the day, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. We got just a couple more. Uh, August 27th of 1994, Nintendo releases Mother 2 for the Super Famicom in Japan, which rele- was released almost a year later in North America on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System as one of Derek's favorite games, Earthbound. Earthbound also introduces NES. Top five Super Nintendo game for me. It's one that I I love going back and playing. Still, it, it's actually more available than you might think. I remember they released it for the um, the Wii U Virtual Console. It's on the SNES Classic. So you know, Nintendo does recognize that Earthbound is successful. I don't yeah. know why they won't do a Mother Trilogy, but who knows? Maybe they will. But one day soon, if you've never played will. it. Say again? So one day soon they probably will. But if you haven't played it, Earthbound is a must-have for Super Nintendo Collection. It's one of the best games. Like I said, it's top five in my all-time favorite Super Nintendo games and might even be top five all-time favorite uh, video game for me. It's that good. I, I, just haven't, I just haven't found the time to sit down and actually play it. I think I've played it for all of about 10 minutes, but that's all I've gotten into it so far. And I know you know, I know how good that you say it is and everybody says it is. It's just a matter of finding time to play it. Well, it's one of those that you've got to sit down for a couple of hours to really yeah. get into it. Yeah. But to close us out on this month in video game history, on August 31st, 1994, Electronic Arts releases the Need for Speed for the 3DO, which begins the most successful racing game franchise of all time. And also, a great quote from Top Gun. I was just thinking that same thing, because as soon as you said that, I was going to say, I have the need. The need for speed. The need for speed. Um, before we go into our review for tonight, Derek, I was going to ask you if you could look up real quick our new Patreon supporter and uh, give him a shout out here on the show and give all of our Patreon supporters a shout out on the show real quick. Um, 
I just want to tell everybody, if you would like to support the show, please head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. You can give us, uh, well, we got three different tiers on there. I think, what, a buck, two bucks, three bucks. Help us get back up to that $50 level because we do like to do the uh, the extra episodes for you guys. The um, We could do extra episodes where we do commentary tracks or... You know, we kind of do a review of a retro movie or an old TV show. Anything you guys would like, you know, your Patreon supporters, anything you guys would like us to do. Like, we'll put up there uh, different things that we could do and you could vote on. Um, but, yeah, just help us get back up to that $50 level, and we will do that for you guys. So, Derek, did you get the uh, the names yet? So I'm trying to log in, and it's saying that I have to verify my computer, which is stupid because I've used it on my computer before. All right, here we go. All right, stand by. Standing by. Standing by. Red October standing by. (laughs) All right, come on. Might be easier if I just go through the email. Ah, probably. All right. My my apologies about that. Uh, okay, okay, so we have uh, Chris Collingwood recently became a, a Patreon. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for that. Uh, how the heck do you pull up the full list? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to be looking at it, but I've got so many things running right now. I don't want to risk going to Patreon and crashing something. <laughs> Let's see. Let me... Um, I'll keep looking, and okay. we'll do the shout-outs at the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll do that. But uh, but thank you guys that are already uh, Patreon supporters. We love you guys, and uh, we're going to go into go into our review right now. That just sounds like the 90s. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So originally I was going to review another game this week, but I found the exciting news that one of my, or arguably my favorite cartoon of all time growing up, definitely top three, Rocco's Modern Life is getting a movie that's going to be streaming on Netflix this coming Friday. It's called uh, Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling. Now, growing up in the 90s, Nickelodeon was huge. They had so many great shows from Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, their live-action shows like all that, Keenan and Kel. Cow and Chicken. Basically, their their (laughs) snick block, they would call it. But the one that always stood out to me, because everyone loved Rugrats, and Rugrats was great, but the one that always stood out to me was Rocco's Modern Life. Just the bright, colorful, wacky characters just drew me in. Anytime it was on TV, I stopped what I was doing and watched it. You know, I I have the complete series on DVD. I've watched through the entire season. I remember I got the the DVD set and I watched all the the shows in, you know, a couple of days because each episode is only 22 minutes long. But Rocco was... That and Ninja Turtles were probably my two favorite shows growing up in the 90s. 
So did you? And we've talked. It, it just like looking at this just reminds me of all the great '90s cartoons, like uh, you know, like Cow and Chicken. And uh, did you ever watch the USA cartoons like Duckman? And um, God, what were some of the other ones? Um, now I can't think of the names of them. Uh, but I just remember like some of those great, great like Cow and Chicken is such a weird cartoon. Like, and it reminds me of like every time I see Rocco's Modern Life, it kind of reminds me of that because it's kind of that almost that same art style. Yeah. No, I wasn't too much into Cow and Chicken, but I, I do remember watching it from time to time. Yeah. And I feel like over the last few weeks, we've talked about game adaptations for cartoons, movies, and whatnot. Because, you know, I reviewed Aladdin a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I know there's ones for Lion King, Toy Story, Goof Troop. So naturally there was one for Rocco's Modern Life. And I never played this game as a kid because honestly, I didn't know that it existed. If it had, then if I had known, I would have picked it up in a heartbeat. So I read that this game existed and I was able to find a copy fairly easy and for relatively cheap. So I kind of got into playing it when I bought it a few months ago, but didn't quite get into it so i was like i'll you know save it for another time as much as it pains me to say i did not enjoy this game oh no (laughs) so and and i'll explain why so rocco's modern life is a super nintendo entertainment system video game released in the united states on april fool's day of 1994 and was released in canada three years later in 1997 and is based on Joe Murray's Rocco's Modern Life TV series on Nickelodeon and was developed by Viacom New Media. So this so didn't even pl- come out on the Genesis. This is just a, a Super Nintendo um, exclusive. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Which is pretty surprising because yeah. you'd think with the other adaptations, because they would swap between SNES and Genesis, so yeah. you would assume that the same would be for this one. But to explain how Rocco's Modern Life Spunky's Dangerous Day works, it's a platformer game, and you play as Rocco. The game starts out, Rocco, Heifer, and Spunky are at the beach. Rocco throws a frisbee to try and get you know, his dog Spunky to chase after it and catch it. Obviously, Spunky wanders off, and as Rocco, you have to find him. And then once you find him, you have to navigate him through dangerous areas of the beach. You get attacked by birds, um, rabid dogs, several other, you know, obstacles that you have to that you have to maneuver through. Basically what you have to do is you have to navigate Spunky from the beginning of the level to the end. And at the end, there are basically four separate sub areas of four huge levels. The first one is the beach. And at the end of each sub-level is a golden hydrant. And Spunky jumps on it, you know, he's all happy and everything, you fade to black, and then you go to the next sub-level. It's hard. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, I love a good platformer. I will play a good platformer all day long, but when you add in the dynamic of you have to navigate a character that you cannot control to the end of a level, it just threw me off completely. And it's really hard because you can't attack enemies. Like with Rocco, you can either swing your tail or you throw punches. But the thing is, Spunky can get hurt as well. So, like, yeah. if he gets 
if he touches like a seagull or you know another dog that's trying to attack him his health is um is drained when his health goes to zero you know you have to start all over and there are four different worlds there's the beach which is called and they use the episode titles from the show which i thought was pretty cool so the beach one is called sand in your navel the uh then you go to the garbage dump called trash o madness then you go to o town which is the city where rockers modern life is set that's called ice cream and the last world is the laundromat because in one of the earlier episodes rocco takes all of his laundry to the laundromat Things go wrong, and he uses the quote, laundry day is a very dangerous day, which is one of the more known phrases from that show. So, so it's let me fitting get that. This straight, real quick, before we move on. This game is one big uh, escort mission. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> no, no boss fights or, or anything. You just navigate Spunky. Yeah. Now, playing this game and really kind of diving into it, you know, last week, I felt like my, one of my first thoughts was, I feel like this game wasn't finished. And that's possible. <laughs> yeah, because there's really no, I mean, there's an objective to it and there's a challenge, but it's not a satisfying challenge. Like it's, yeah. it's just not fun. And that's literally what you do is each level has its own enemies that you have to fight to protect Spunky as he, you know, walks through. And you have to also navigate him through different areas as well, like call, like physically make him move. So say in the beach world, there are different wooden platforms that you have to climb or whatever. Spunky obviously can't climb. So there are chairs that are laying, like, say, on the sand and they're turned um, sideways and you jump on it as Spunky walks by it, and it launches him up to the second level. Huh. And you have to keep doing that over and over. Well, and it's this... funny that I say that because in the development section of the Wikipedia page, it says, uh, it was unusual in that work on, it started while the TV series it was based on was still early in the stages of its development. Huh. As such, the development team had no animations of the characters to refer to, refer to, and had to base the game's graphics on concept sketches sent to them by the show's animators. Huh. As a result, this game only makes reference to early episodes from season one, which makes sense because the, I remember the, the laundromat episode and the beach episode were some of the first, completely ignoring any episodes in seasons two through four, and the game took slightly under a year to complete. Well, it says that this was developed by Viacom New Media, and I went to the Viacom New Media page, and I don't see any mention of any other video games that they made. It's yeah, because Viacom, you think of like television. Yeah, that, I mean that's what it is. It's all you know. It goes through this whole history of. Uh, television and all their acquisitions, like going to, you know, with ABC and uh, way, let's see, MTV, Nickelodeon, uh, Showtime, uh, Movie Channel, but I don't see anything that refers to any video games. Which makes you wonder why they made this game. I don't know. Strange. 
Yeah, it, the whole concept of it was was very strange, and you know, I was excited to play it because I'm a huge fan of Rocco's Modern Life, and it let me down. Honestly, <laughs> it, it, I felt like it was one of those things that you know they knew that Rocco was popular at the time, so they made this as kind of a cash grab because they knew yeah. people who liked the show would buy it. But as we've said before, there are a lot of adaptations that turn out not to be good there are some that have turned out to be very good but you know this is one that unfortunately is not in that category you know i made it through the i made it to the second level i made it to the garbage dump and eventually i just kind of got tired of it you know i know the game's not that long but it, it just didn't it didn't hold my interest I was trying to look Which on is really here and, unfortunate. and see how this game was received or any kind of uh, sales numbers or anything, and, there, and there's nothing. They might have swept that under the rug. Maybe. Maybe that's why they only made one game. Maybe so. But, I mean, there's really nothing else to say about it. other than Oh, and there's the uh our favorite thing the password system oh lord is in this game as well even though this game was released in 1994 and the original legend of zelda i'm going to use that as the standard bearer anytime yeah. <laughs> we, we we review a game that has the password system like zelda did it uh-huh. in 85 yeah you can do it in 94 yeah. i'm sorry but there's no excuse no excuse anything i could kind of understand pre 1990 Maybe they were trying to, you know, if there was a game that had a password system, maybe they were trying to cut corners a little bit, you know, trying to save a little money. Anything post-1990 and you don't have any sort of battery backup system, I I got no love for you. Yeah. None. So, I mean, I know it's it's kind of a quick review, but it just wasn't a good game. The The, <laughs> the praise that I will give it I like the music and I like the animation because it reminded me, even though they based the game's graphics on sketches from the animators, I felt like it captured the look and feel of the show pretty well. Well, I was going to go to the composer and see if he had done anything else, but there's not a Wikipedia page for him. That's so weird. Name is Mark. It's like they're trying to erase everything from this game from memory. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? But all in all, I would, minus those things that I listed, I was not a fan of this game at all. And on a scale of 1 to 10, I would probably give it, I'd say probably a 3.5. Ooh. Yeah. I think that's it, one, it, of your, it wasn't, one of your worst reviews ever. Yeah, and it was so disappointing because even when I started playing it, I'm like, okay, I'm not... I'm not feeling it, but I, I'm going to give it time because I want to like this game. I really wanted to like it. That's down there with Fester's Quest. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... I wonder if that's lower than my Pac-Man 2 rating. Uh, I, now, I will say I like this game more than Pac-Man 2. So Wow. If you go back and listen to my review of that, yeah, whatever I number that. I gave it, give Rocco an extra point. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's... want this to be my lowest rated. It has to be Pac-Man 2. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the kind of game I probably would have rented back in the day, but uh, probably would have never bought this game. Yeah. 
That being said, I am extremely excited for the the Netflix movie. It, it's going to be a, a you know day one watch for me just because I I loved I love that show. I haven't seen an episode of Rocco's Modern Life in twenty something years. Oh, it's so good, so good. But no, don't don't waste your time with Rocco's Modern Life. Spunky's Dangerous Day. Well, I will not. Not a good then. game. <laughs> Uh, so anything else you want to add to it before we walk out the door this evening? I do want to give a shout out to our uh, to our patrons. Yes, yes, yes. We have Chris Collingwood, who I mentioned earlier. We have Axeblade07 mm-hmm. and Daniel Salmon. Yes, thank you guys so much. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to you guys. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to review next week. I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm thinking maybe... Do you think it's okay to do that Terminator game that I got for the uh, the GameCube, even though it came out in like 2003? I mean, it's only. 16. I mean, I'm gonna. Re- my next review is gonna be a GameCube game. Something and it came maybe. out in 01. So now I I got no issue with it. I think I might do that if I don't, because I still have that whole. I got a whole pile of Nintendo games I still haven't reviewed yet. So I just gotta go through and just pick something. So. I may throw throw a uh, pick three and then go on the uh, the Patreon page and put up a poll and see what those guys think. Yeah, I might do that for uh, my next review is going to be Pikmin. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a that's game right. I've been excited to review honestly for months ever since we decided, hey, GameCube games are okay to review. Yeah, that was the first one that I because it's still arguably my favorite GameCube game of all time. Like it's up there with Wind Waker. It's up there with Smash Brothers. But I'll, I'll save my thoughts on it. Then after that, I think I'll do another poll on on Patreon because that was fun. And the, the fun thing was is that it ended in a three way tie. <laughs> so I had my next three reviews in a row. Awesome. Like you guys basically gave me a month and a half worth of reviews. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm just glad we decided to do GameCube games because as soon as we said that, I was just like, "All right, it's start, time to start getting some GameCube games." Well, the GameCube's starting to be a big uh, retro console now. I know. I want to jump so into I, I it, start collecting fitting. before people get yeah. nuts with it. Here's a random question, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm pretty sure this would be okay, but. We throw Dreamcast in there. What year was the Dreamcast? That was 2000, wasn't it? 2001? I think Sonic Adventure, which was a launch game for the Dreamcast, came out in 99. I would say that's okay. Yeah, I'd say Dreamcast is considered retro. Oh, it actually came out in 98. Yeah. Yeah, it came out December 23rd, 1998. What year did the PlayStation 2 come out? Let me look that up real quick. Let's see. I'm looking up the Dreamcast release date. Even though I'm pretty sure it's going to be December of 98. Dreamcast release date. Oh, it I'm was November of 98. Uh, let's see. It was released uh, October 26, 2000. So I would say we got another year at least. We could start doing PS2 games. I'd say next year. That's when I think. Yeah, I think once you hit the 20-year mark, if you, as long as the console has been out for 20 years, it's considered retro. Oh, we think? would be breaking the rule with the GameCube, though. Because the GameCube came out in 2001. Oh, that's right. 
I don't know. What do you think? I'm, let's see. GameCube release date. I'm like 99% sure. Yeah, September of 2001. See, I thought the I mean, If we do GameCube, I feel like we can do PlayStation 2 as well. Yeah, I think so too. Because there's a lot of PS2 games I'd like to do too. That was one of my favorite yeah. consoles was PS2. Best DVD player of all time. Yes, it was. <laughs> no, it, PS2 was great, and that thing had a heck of a run. Dude, didn't they just like stop producing them like a <laughs> like couple years ago? Yeah, uh, that was that's what's mind-blowing, is they that were people produced, were still buying PS2 games. Yeah, they were produced until January 4th, 2013. Like, the life on that thing. 13 years, this thing's life, it was. It's crazy. That's insane. That's longer than the Nintendo. Well, just think, now that we're adding the GameCube, Dreamcast, and PS2, next month we'll have the Genesis Mini. Mm. It's kind of like a, a breath of fresh air for content. I know. Because we've been doing, I mean, since the beginning of this show, it's been very heavily weighted towards NES and Super Nintendo, so it's time to start branching out a little bit. Yeah. There's a couple of N64 games that I want to review, too, at some point, so yeah. we've uh, definitely got, um, we've, we've got a nice breath of fresh air. It's going to be a fun fall, like especially after the Genesis Mini comes out. Yeah. Because there's a lot of games for that that I want to play. But uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. You got anything you want to throw out there for the people before we go tonight? Yeah, just follow The Parker Syndrome, my very first short film. You can follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Parker Syndrome, as well as The Parker Syndrome on Instagram. You can follow my podcast, The Derek Diamond Experience, which returns on September 5th after a much-needed summer break. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. Fantastico. And you can just follow me at J Funktastic and all the weird crap that I do every week. <laughs> I go do. If you're in the Biloxi area, you can, can come watch me do uh, stand up comedy or, uh, you know, want to hang out, just let me know. <laughs> Which um, I, I have Monday. I, I mean, I have to work Monday. What, what time is the stand up deal? 7 30. 7.30. I might come down for that. You should. It's so fun. I might sneak out of work a little early and then just drive straight to, straight to Biloxi. I got but I'll let you know. I got the headline last night. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did almost a full 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, but I'm ready to walk out the door. Let me play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Of course, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Go throw us a couple bucks every month. Get us back up to that $50 level so you get the extra episodes. And if you can't do that, can't throw us a buck a month, leave us a review wherever you listen to the show and Derek please tell everyone what it's all about Master Blaster runs by the town